Welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 66. We are covering the 2019 WGC Dell Match Play, the Corrales Championship on the PGA Tour, and the Hero Indian Open on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have European Tour expert Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Steve. How are you? Packed old show, isn't it? Busy. Been a busy couple of days with three events. And, you uh, haven't slept for 72 hours, have you? That's the normal trick uh, on a Monday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Get it all rattled and uh, rattled off and uh, out there. I only had one to get through. <laughs> that took up seven hours of Sunday. But, but we shouldn't really... Uh, it's just the effort that goes into this stuff. It's uh, it's it's all good. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally, we're available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. Uh, the link is in the uh, description box. We're nearing 4,800 members of that. Mm. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bamford Golf. You can follow Paul at Golf Betting. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the golf betting show every week. Just released two of those, one for the Corrales and one for the WGC Dell Match Play. This podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, which is a new edition, and a myriad of different pod channels. You can also listen via our Golf Betting System YouTube channel. Naturally, subscribe and follow the podcast. Please take time to rate plus review us on iTunes. And naturally, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. Leave your name in the review so we can read out read it out on the podcast. Now, two pod, uh, two reviews to go through, Paul. Okay, good. Uh, I know you've seen the first one, but this one's a classic. It's mm. from El Toucan, <laughs> who uh, lives in the United States of America, so he's clearly got around the wall or through the wall or under the wall. He's done something, but he's in the US of A, El do, Toucan. Do, do we think he's the real El Toucan, do we? Well, I don't know. Should we read this out? <laughs> Title, better tips than Kuchar, exclamation mark. Five stars, Paul Steve and the ever-elusive Barry, that's very true, the ever-elusive Barry, have extensive knowledge of each tour and come prepared every week with relevant course comparisons and stats needed to back their picks. Even if I don't end up backing someone, they suggested, and that's a good shout, their knowledge helps lay the foundation for my strategy towards betting and daily fantasy lineups. Win or lose, the golf betting system boys always help me feel like that I have a dog in the hunt. Cheers from El Toucan. Well, thanks for that, El Toucan. Much appreciated. Perhaps he's trying to turn his uh, his five thousand dollars into uh, into something bigger from uh, <laughs> from from his uh, caddying exploits. Who knows? I know you were interested in uh, in Kuchar this week at the match play, weren't you? But you didn't like his draw. Oh, that was a tough old draw, wasn't it? Tough old draw. I still it? think that's that all that bad PR is going to affect him for a pit chunk of time. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Oh, a, a price with a decent draw would have been uh, would have been very interested in him this week, but alas, it wasn't going to happen. So we uh, uh, we saw Ian Poulter get a load of abuse when he was in third spot of the players, didn't we? Mm. And uh, he fell away. Oh, I would have thought Kuchar was equally getting plenty of uh, abuse from guys who who've had one too many Bud Lights. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? But uh, he made his own bed there, unfortunately. He did. Um, review number two. Now, this is from the Iceman from New Jersey. So thank you for your time, Iceman. Much appreciated. Let's get a winner at the match play. 
five stars. Gents, hello from New Jersey. Love the podcast as it always it's always enjoyable to get a head start on my analysis each week. I have taken your advice to inject my own thoughts in with your picks to generate a nice lineup for my week. However, I think I might be the single reason that a professional golfer can disappear on the golf course. Bet number one, WGC Bryson fell in the ditch off the first tee. Bet number two, Honda, Cam Smith, the second round leader, apparently shipped his golf game back to Australia after the first round. Number three, Arnie Palmer, Jason Day withdraws after six holes. You weren't the only one there, Iceman. No, there was a That's few on day. There were a few. There were a few got caught in that one. Number four, players. Paul Casey decided to go scuba diving on 17 in round one. And then he has the cheek of winning, doesn't he, Iceman? He has a cheek of winning the week after. <laughs> uh, bet number five, Valspar. You'll like this one, Paul. Patrick Reed. <laughs> Duck hook left to a dead last finish. Hopefully the match play turns it round. However, since I have figured out my talent, I'm going to say uh, we see an early exit from a top contender, maybe Justin Rose. Only because I am going to bet him to win it this week. <laughs> Happy analysis and hit him straight. Cheers, the Iceman from New Jersey. Bit of lateral thinking, eh? Yeah, if you uh, if you try and curse your players from the start, you might actually get a result. I it's think the ice. It's funny though, isn't it, the ice man? He's captured two there. It's Jason Day, yeah. withdrawals after six holes and mm. the Arnie Park. That, that was brutal if you were on him, yeah. And then uh, he contends the next week at the players. He that's the way he rolls, though, winning, isn't it? Didn't he? Yeah, that's, that's the way that, he rolls. You know, if, if you've almost got to back him whenever he's. Uh, Whenever he's had a twinge or he's pulled out of a pro-am or he's been sick or vertigo or bad back or one of his multitude of ailments, you've got to just got to lump on him, haven't you? It's, yeah. it, that's the way he rolls. Paul Case is the same, you know. Big, big tournaments, never back him. <laughs> just don't back Paul Casey at a major or a WGC. Very rarely does it come out smelling of roses, that bet. But put him on a golf course he likes when he's playing well in a... An event where actually there ain't a lot of oppo. He rocks up, which is yeah. what he did last week. To be fair, I mean, everyone in his right mind would have been saying that Dustin Johnson was going to win it, going out in the final group with Paul Casey. And DJ, did he bogey the first two? He just dropped away. Yeah, he, he, he didn't get himself into the into the mix after that, did he? He's, you know, you expect even sitting there on six under, you expecting him just to. You know, get a birdie or two and get himself close and really put the pressure on, but it just uh, just didn't happen, did it? And fair play to Casey, you know, he, he had a few wobbles here and there, and no one still really caught And you say they didn't get close; it was actually level for the league. Oh, he was, yeah, yeah. There was a three. I just think he sits there, he goes, "Well, actually, I'm up against Jason Kokrak, mm. who's never won on the PGA Tour." And based upon his performance up 17 and 18, he's unlikely to. Yeah, good I mean, That, wobbled, that putt on 18 was shocking. Well, that reminded me of well. you going around Red Bull. <laughs> In fact, I'd have, been, I'd have been as displeased with that putt as he was. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, um, uh, and Louis Oosthuizen, who's never won in America. So Paul probably thought, well, actually, <laughs> this, this one's here. So fair play to him, 25 to 1. Mm. The, uh, the prices of the winners on the PGA Tour, clearly we've got big tournaments and big, big, high-quality fields building up to the Masters. Um, there's been some very short price winners of late. Um, that brings us on to the WGC Dell Match Play. 
Mm. And I know that you, uh, you've you got three for this event, haven't you? Well, we're, we're going to be quite quick this week, listeners, because we're late with the podcast because we've been so busy getting three sets of tips out. Plus the fact uh, there are three tournaments to cover. So Paul's been pulling together his magic on the uh, the WGC Dell match play. So do you want to start taking the uh, listeners through it, Paul? Yeah. Do, do you enjoy the match play, Steve? I don't mind it. I, I don't tend to see a lot of it. That's the only problem. Yeah. As a, as a you know, to view it as a spectacle, I, I really enjoy it. Betting on it is, um, it's tough. It's really tough. Even, even when you're sitting there, I mean, you know, I did some pre-analysis on it um, back end of last week. You sit and wait for the, um, wait for the draw. And then even when you've got the draw, draw comes through, you can sit there and tie yourself right up in knots trying to work out how these little mini groups are going to, Gonna pan out and uh, how to how to play it from there, but um, I do really enjoy it I do, as a, as a spectacle. I really do enjoy it. So um, yeah, let's, let's we'll, we'll have a go at it anyway, won't we? So um, we've got the top sixty four in the OWG are here this week. Well, saying that less uh, Ricky Fowler and Adam Scott who've uh, both chosen not to play this week. But other than that, you've got a got a stellar field sitting in front of us this week. Starts on Wednesday, don't forget. It's a five-day event from Wednesday through Sunday. So sitting here Tuesday lunchtime now, there's only 24 hours or just over 24 to get your punts on for this particular week. Mm. Um, format change in 2015. So if you're not okay with how it works, instead of a straight knockout, which always used to be the way that it worked back in the day, you now have 16 pools of four players that were drawn from uh, last night's live show over in the States. And over the first three days, you have this round-robin format where each player in the um, in those 16 pools plays each other. So you'd have three matches each on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then the top player from each of those pools um, goes through to the last 16. So you have to win your mini-group to progress through to the next round. There's no prizes for second place this week. Saturday then goes from 16 down to 8 in the afternoon and Sunday you'll start with 4 um, and then the final in the afternoon once that's been whittled down. So um, quick fire action over the weekend um, but clearly there's a lot of golf to be played before that point as players try and top their respective groups. Um, it's played at the Austin Country Club nowadays. It's the fourth year of four. I haven't found out actually where it's moving to as of next year. I know the original deal was for four years. So we've got, 20, was, yeah. Yeah, we've got 2016, 17, 18 and this year 19 will be the fourth and final year. So um, we await to see where that will take us as of next year. But quite like the quite like the track actually. It's a Pete Dye design. Um Flanks Lake Austin, 7,100 yard past 71. Um, typical Pete Dye kind of challenges with it. Um, uneven fairways, pop bunkers, elevation changes. It's very much a risk and reward track as you'd expect for match play. Um, Tiffy, your Bermuda greens. Um, but yeah, I, I think the course itself um, sets up very nicely for the match play uh, style of uh, of golf this week so hopefully when they replace it with a different venue it will be equally um, kind of in line with what the expectations are for that uh, that type of event and um, I put in the preview that went out about an hour or so ago some of the winning 
prices from players over the last few years, which takes makes interesting reading because if I flip through Twitter or you know people commenting on this on Facebook, a lot of the comments will tend to focus on, oh, you must go for um, you know high price players. You must seek out some value in this event because you know the vagaries of the event demand that you know, any kind of player can win and your favourite can get knocked out and you know all that kind of rhetoric that that sits with this particular event. But if you, you go through the, the winners over the... We're going back to 2010. You've got Poulter in 2010 at 28-1. Donald, 35-1 to 1 the year later. Hunter Mayhan in 2012 at 50-1. Matt Kuchar, 35s in 2013. Day at 20s. Then you've got um, a string of short prices. Rory at 11s. Day again at 14-1. to 1. Dustin Johnson in 2017 at 10 to 1, and then Bubba Watson won last year at 50 to 1, which equaled the highest um, price that we read. I read through just in those uh, in those winners there um, from from Hunter Mayhan back in 2012. So 50 to 1, the longest price in that stretch, um, which kind of doesn't bear out that thinking that that you often you often get in this event that um, that the winner's going to come from you know kind of left field. It, certainly hasn't in that stretch of time and uh, whilst you've had some players who've popped into the places and made the semis or the final who've been a longer price during that stretch I think if you're going to try and find the winner of this um, then you probably need to be looking at the top third of the market or thereabouts to, to really dig out who's going to who's going to be the player to, to get behind or the players to get behind um, in terms of the weather warm and sunny for third or Wednesday um, starts to cloud over a little bit Thursday and Friday and then it's going to rain on Saturday and Sunday potentially some thunderstorms potentially on Saturday morning soften the course and then um, on and off rain all the way through Sunday um, and it's going to be a bit cooler as well so there's going to be quite a mix of weather conditions over that period of time the wind's going to be 10 to 15 miles an hour so not excessive but uh, you know, a, a little bit for the players to work with um, some of the interesting trends of this and I guess you could really try and dig down into trends for the match play but ultimately it can throw up a lot of a lot of red herrings I think um, one thing that is consistent the last five winners had all won in their last five starts in their respective tours so they all came in with some good winning recent form and if you extend that back to the last or back to 2010 um, every winner had at least a top 10 finish in their last four starts so Coming in off stone cold form really doesn't seem to work in this, and that, that marries really, doesn't it? You know, if yeah. you're going to have to win um, seven consecutive games to, uh, or seven consecutive matches to get yourself um, the title, um, then you're going to have to be playing some decent golf. Um, the last five winners had all reached the quarters as well at some point in the past in their career, so um, debutants are probably at a disadvantage, even if they've played some match play before. Um, and those who've managed to navigate through to uh, you know the latter stages and potentially the weekend before um, will have you know, had a chance to get a feel as to how it's uh, you know what you need to do to get yourself um, to get yourself into contention in this. Um, I've put a link in the preview to how the the brackets work through, um, and I think when you're trying to decipher this. Uh, particularly if you're doing the, you know, some players, have, some people will be playing the fantasy, uh, fantasy brackets this week, and uh, the different variations of that on DraftKings or 
um, just playing directly on the PGA Tour side. In fact, we've set up a, uh, a DraftKings um, match play contest, which you can access through the uh, through through the uh, GBS League. So, if you want to join that, then let us know one way or another what your username is, and we'll work, we'll add you to the uh, add you to the league for that. I'm just working through the brackets. Um, top left is where Dustin Johnson, the number one seed, sits, and. This is what you alluded to before because I, I quite fancied Matt Kuchar in some shape or form for this um, with his Pete Dye uh, experience and you know, positive Pete Dye um, results that he's had over over time and you know recent winning form. Um, he's won this before, hasn't he? So you know there's, there's some good match play um, history there as well. And then he get he gets drawn in this um, this top top left bracket as it sits on the. Uh, uh, on, the, on the way it uh, appears on the on the brackets that you can print out and look at, um, which has DJ right at the top. The one that he sits in has John Rahm sitting directly above him in the same group. So he's got to progress from a group with John Rahm. Should he get through that? Yeah, should he get through that? Then he's um, into a group with Xander, I think it was. Let me just double check that while I... That group's also got Siwoo Kim in it, and we know what he's like on Bermuda grass, and he, and he does like a dye design. He, he could fire him from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And another name that I tentatively had listed was JB Holmes. So, you know, I'm looking at that group and thinking, well, you know, because Holmes Tough is a whole number... group, there, isn't it? Yeah, Holmes is another one who's um, who's well, won, he only recently. won recently, didn't he? Exactly, Holmes? Yeah, exactly. You know, and if you dig down, um, you know, if you get as, as specific as saying all of the players that have won in their last five starts, you're down to a very short short list. Yeah. You know, whether that trend continues, but it has it's been there for the last five years. But whether yeah. that trend continues, you know, JB Holmes has got to be one of the ones that's in that on that list, and um, you know he's sitting in the same group as Rahm, as Kuchar, as Holmes, and as you say, as uh, Pete Dye specialist Siwoo Kim. So, um, my conclusion from that top part was um, to leave it alone, basically, because um, you you could put a lot of time and effort and you know investment into it, and then Dustin Johnson just walks away with it. Hideki Matsuyama is in the same group as Dustin, um, and you know we saw some real sparks of form from Hideki over the weekend at, um, at Sawgrass, didn't we? Cracking weekend together. Mm. So um, that's not going to be straightforward for DJ, but should he get through that, um, you know, it's, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to, to oppose him in that bracket, I think. But, um, yeah, anyway, conclusion with that is to leave it alone. Um, working round anti-clockwise, the next section, um, I've gone for Rory McIlroy. Now, we know with Rory... In the past, when he's found his form and he's found top form, he's quite capable of going back to back. He's done it three times in yeah. his career. Um, in fact, one of those was that Open Championship, WGC, uh, Bridgestone Akron, and then the US PGA stretch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When, he, when he won three massive tournaments back to back to back in 2014, wasn't it? Um and I think, you know, that Players' Championship win from a couple of weeks back, I think that really will buoy him. You know, he, he, he had thrown some, uh, some some decent chances away in the weeks running up to that. And he finally converted. And I think the way that he eventually got over the line 16, 17, 18 will really give him confidence going forward for not only for this, but for the rest of the season, I think. Um, 
we talked about the winning prices and Rory's sitting there at 10 to 1, you know, and I tend to I tend to swerve a lot of the players at the top of the market, and this is a really good reason to do so. And if you look at the last three winners, 11, 10, and 14 to 1, I, you know, he fits right into that bracket of the actual outright winner of this tournament. So I'm quite comfortable with that. Win only bet on this um for this particular week. Uh he's already a winner of this particular event, one at Harding Park back in 2015 where he beat Gary Woodland. And his group with Matt Fitz, Justin Harden and Luke List, I don't think that's going to fill him full of dread, really. Can't see that. You know, he gets to play Tiger, potentially, if he makes it through to the weekend. But by the weekend, if it has, if the forecast pans out as it's, uh, as it's predicted, then by the weekend it'll be raining, it'll be softer. And, you know, Rory sitting Plays on a soft... to his wheelhouse, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, Rory sitting on a soft course going into the weekend when he's in good, confident form. Yeah, that just feels like a. And he just like a, he just won on the ultimate Pete Dye design. Yep. TPC Sawgrass. It's a, there's, a, there's a lot of positives mm. pointing towards him, I must say. So yeah, I'm I'm quite comfortable taking him this week. Um, I've got three points win at ten to one, and uh, we'll see how that goes from that side of the um, uh, that side of the uh, bracket. Now on the other side, um, working round again anti-clockwise, um, you've got Brooks Kepka's segment. Now, Brooks has not been at the races for a while now, has he? Miscut Bay Hill, 56th at Sawgrass. Um, yeah, I think it's difficult to fancy this week, in my opinion. At the top end of that bracket as well, you've got the likes of um, uh, Bryson, you've got the likes of uh, Tommy Fleetwood. But the one that really interests me in that bracket is Ian Poulter, who uh, we, know, we know all about Poulter. I mean, he's just a, an absolute match play animal. Um, 12 point or 12 wins from 18 starts at the Ryder Cup, unbeaten in singles. He beat DJ in the uh, Sunday singles this year. Uh, twice a WGC winner, once at Dove Mountain um, in this particular event back in 2010. He also won at Shoshan, didn't he? In, uh, I forget which year that was now. A couple of semi finals that he's achieved here as well over the years. So, um, I think, you know, in terms of his match play credentials, there's, you know, there's an awful lot to like, um, an awful lot to like. Now, he came into this um, event last year in far worse form than this. He had one top six finish, I think, in his year to date. Coming into this, he's got four top six finishes already for this year, and he's been playing some cracking golf. And as you said earlier, you said he was third to the halfway point of the Players' yeah. Championship, wasn't he? And you want crowd- my view on it? He, yeah, he's the sort. He, that that victory you said, the HSBC was at Mission Hills. It was the one year they moved it away mm. from Shisham. He won that right, really yeah. soft golf course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Mickelson in by a shot. Yeah. But Poulter's playing some great golf, um, and like you said, he was third going into the weekend um, at Sawgrass a few weeks ago and fell apart. But he's the, he's very similar, I think, to someone like a like a Casey. A lot of people might be put off that, and then all of a sudden, bang, he's right in the mix again. Mm. And you look at that group, Mitchell, uh, Kisner, who isn't playing great stuff, bearing in mind I watched him intently last week. Yeah, yeah. And Tony Finau, who's, you know, end of last year, is probably one of the best players, top three in the world, I'd have said, for that period of time, across autumn of last year. But mm. he hasn't he hasn't hit the strap so far, has he, this season? No. No, no, not, not at all. Oh, sorry, this this calendar year. Can't say season these days on the PGA Tour. And then you've got Kepka, Norren, Tong Lee and Tom Lewis in the other group. You, you could see Poulter getting out of that 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 actual segment into the quarterfinals, couldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, say, 
that that whole that whole section, that whole quarter doesn't fill me full of dread. And someone who's as good at match play as Poulter is, he'll be the one with the upper hand playing most of these players, if not all. Oh, they know it, don't they? Yeah, they know it. They know his pedigree. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And if you look at the recent winners on the PGA Tour, you had Francesco Molinari, Rory, um, and then Casey last week. So you've got this stretch of three consecutive um, European winners. And yeah, there'll be a bit of a buzz about the European camp, I'm sure. You know, all, all three of them ride a cut players. You're going into a match play scenario yeah, yeah. this week. And a, considering, a it, it's not, considering it's not a ride a cup year... You also had Justin Rose winning at Torrey Pines in late January. That the Europeans have actually hit the hit the ground running on the PGA Tour, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So maybe Poulter adds to that. Yeah, he's good enough. I, yeah, I think so. I think so. I thought, I thought the forty-five to one with Poulter, and that's with four places each way, um, with Bet Fred a quarter of the odds. Actually, it's worth mentioning at that stage there are different ways to play this because most of the bookies have gone the conventional four each way quarter of the odds. And the difference being Betfair and Paddy Power, who've gone eight each way, a fifth of the odds. So if you're, if you're playing against three... Yeah, it's the, the odds are slightly different, as you'd expect. They're different markets. But if you want to take a different view on how to make a profit this week and get your player through to the quarterfinals rather than the semis to make an each-way return, yeah. um, then you've got to check out the prices on Betfair and Paddy because if they're comparable... Um, they're then, not bad, you know. Because I, I read yeah. through the top ten of your predictor model for this week's golf betting show that's out on YouTube, and two of the top ten were were best equal best price yep. with Paddy Power and yeah, Betfair, playing eight places. Yep, yep. I <laughs> know. Oh, so the, you know, they, it, it isn't as if they've slaughtered them and cut a third out of the odds. They haven't on a lot of players. So no, yeah, I mean, an absolute no brainer for me. You, you, you get a quarter finalist, you've got a nice each way return, full each way return as well. It's not as if there can be any. Um, Ambiguity in terms of your pro- of your each way return this year, this no, season. No, no, no. What are we be... talking about? Year, season, <laughs> tournament. Yeah, there's going to be no chops. That's. I mean, with, with no. Poulter, I, no I took I took took the view with Poulter to go with the better price because Paddy and Betfair were thirty to one rather than forty five. So for me, the differential was too great there. With my final pick, which is Bubba Watson, um, they are twenty eight to one with eight places each way. That's right. Um, and generally, the best price you're going to get out there, there's a little bit of 33s left, but generally they're yeah, 28 to 30s. Yeah, that's right. So um, so that's the no-brainer, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, for, to get Bubba through to the quarterfinals to make your each-way money back um, felt yeah, absolutely the right thing to do with that particular price. You know, and Bubba, we know with Bubba, he likes the courses that he likes, doesn't he? The ones that he likes, he gets on with and he really performs well. If he's not fond of a track, then he's um, he, he just disappears without a trace. And he won here last year. I mean, he's got a bit more um, match play form because he finished fourth, so semi finalist on his debut in this back at Dove Mountain in twenty eleven, I think it was. Um, but yeah, won here last year. Um, fourth last week at the Valspar was a bit of an eye opener. Um, and his his long game wasn't as good, particularly his irons weren't as good as um, you can expect from Bubba. So I think there's more to come with him, particularly this week. And you know we've got some big events coming up, haven't we, over the next uh, next couple of weeks? And his his group, um, Spieth, Horschel, uh, Kevin Nahr. It doesn't just, scare you, does it? No, nah, not at all. I mean, Spieth's been playing poorly for some time now. Um, Kevin Nahr well, keeps 12 months out. time he's going to be playing at the Corrales Jordan Spieth at this rate yep. yeah. with all the w- OWGR points that are falling out of his uh, out of his satchel at the moment 
Well, that's right. I, it's I, sad, I, sad but true. <laughs> yeah, I, looking at his results, he hasn't had a top 30 finish since September. Mm. So, you know, that's for a player of his ability, that's a real surprise. You know, but as you w- said at the top of this, you don't want to be going with guys that are in bad form. So, no. you know, like a Patrick Reed or Jordan Spieth, uh, you know, they're not going to find it at this event, are they? No, in I don't all likelihood. No, I don't think so. And Kevin Nars in that group, and he's he's had these finger problems for a while now, and he keeps pulling out. And then, you know, I wouldn't be convinced he's going to be, um, you know, able to compete and contend against three players for the first three days and win all three of those matches. Billy Horshaw's the other one in that group who's actually been putting really well, Billy, hasn't he? Which is a bit unlike him, but um, equally unlike him, his long game hasn't been great, which, um, you know, if he manages yeah. to pull it all together one week, he's going to be absolutely outstanding. But um, at the moment, it's kind of the uh, complete opposite of what you expect with Billy Horshaw. So, so yeah, the, the group doesn't concern me. Um, to get an each-way return, he may need to beat Justin Rose if Justin gets through to the... Uh, to this, uh, to the round of sixteen as well, but um, what, that's um, what's Justin Rose's record like around here? It doesn't. It, it's not banging me on the front of the forehead saying it's been brilliant. What well, at this particular track? Yeah. Even at this match play tournament, I can't remember him in a final, can I? No, I don't think so. That's just, um, Even when it was at Dove Mountain. Yeah. No, if you read back through his record in recent years, he hasn't played for the last two, 28th and 16, 17th, 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 33th, 17th. So the last six, he hasn't got past the second phase of whichever format it was mm. effectively. So yeah. And you look at his group, Gary Woodland's been playing some half-decent stuff and he's he got to the final uh, in San Francisco, didn't he, four years ago, the one that Rory won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not a, that's not a gimme, even with Eddie Pepperell in there as well. No, Eddie's no. clearly Eddie's playing some nice stuff at the moment. He is, yeah. He'll be right up for it, Eddie. So, uh, so yeah, I got quite fancied Bubba in that uh, top section as well. So that's mm, the way that I've played that. played that. But yeah, so just three picks, uh, one one outright win, and a couple of each wires. Um, kept the stakes relatively low this week, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But there actually, are a couple look, of others to. that interested you at all. You know, the likes of I know Frankie Molinari is going to be popular based on the fact that he won two tournaments ago. Yeah, I don't know. I know Louis. Louis's got a great course record here. Yeah, and you can look at players that have got some, you know, some good Pete Dye uh, form. Uh, Jason Day's got some cracking Pete Dye, Pete Dye form, but yeah, can you can you trust him with his back at the moment? Difficult to tell, isn't it? You know, he's got a couple of wins in this over the last few years, so you know he's clearly capable of winning this format and uh, you know couple that with a Pete Dye form uh, difficult but yeah the, the one who the one who'd come closest would have been Kuchar but I you know, I just can't yeah. stick him in in that particular segment unfortunately we've added a um, die variable to Paul's um, WGC predictor model this week and I'll, I'll read out the top people Jason Day tops it two Matt Kuchar three Bubba Watson Equal four, Jim Furyk, Jordan Spieth, and then equal six, Justin Rose, Webb Simpson, and then to finish off the top ten, Brandon Grace, Dustin Johnson, and Russell Knox. Mm. Some Pete Dye specialists there. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. But yes, that's that's where I am with that. So um, okay. look, uh, looking forward to watching it, and we'll see how the bets pan out. Corrales Championship, uh, the alternate event this week on the PGA Tour. 
Uh, the Puerto Rico event was shocking. Wasn't they? they they were still trying to fill it sort of the day before. Mm. And this one's a lot better. You aren't, you're not seeing any Omar Uresti. <laughs> well, I got he might, he might. When when the when when the odds first came up for this, I saw Eric Axley had been put up as the sixteen to one favourite for one of the firms. Yeah, which, Axley's uh, in it. Which uh, I, I think that that market was rapidly pulled back down once they realised the errors of their ways. That's Panda. <laughs> Corrales Golf Club. Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. They played here for the first time last year, but they've also played two web.com tour events here in 16 and 17. It's a long one, 7,668 yards. It's played on the coast, so it's at sea level. Um, there are a couple of par fives coming home, which are both over 600 yards. Mm. And I think that's fairly important here because... You could kind of skin a cat two ways. You could say, uh, you know, it's a bomber's track, this this length of the course and whatever. But when you've got two um, pass fives on the back nine that both are 600 yards, I mean, 623 and 626, I don't really care who you are. You're not getting home in two. Mm. So bear that in mind because, you know, someone like Bryce Garnett, who won this last year, not the longest, but clearly very good with the wedge. Yeah. Um, so um, was getting it close enough to you know six, five, six feet on those par fives to make to make uh, birdie. Um, it's a clearly it's a it's, it's a it's a tournament that's growing in terms of the history we've got about it. But I, I I'm always caught between the devil and the deep blue sea with these alternate events because it would have been very easy for me to take the um, Jeremy Chapman process this week and said, oh, I'm going to back Sung Jae-im at 16-1 to 1, and I'm also going to put up Johnny Vegas at 16-1 to 1, and mm. we all go home. They'll get a place and uh, we move on to next week. The likelihood is, though, they don't win. No. And I explain that to you by reading out these winners. So these are the alternate event winners going back to when uh, the new season structure of actually starting the season in September came about. Chesson Hadley, 50-1. to one. Jeff Ogilby, 40-1. to one. Checker, 125s. JJ Henry, 80s. Scott Piercy, 25-1. to one. So, yeah, relatively short for Piercy. Bearing in mind he'd already won two PGA Tour titles. Tony Finau, 50s. Greg Chalmers, 300. Good luck with that. Aaron Badley, I was on him, 55-1 to one when he won that. Cody Gribble, 125. J, uh, DA points, 175. Grayson Murray, 66s. Chris, uh, Chris Strude, 80s. Armour, 100s. Then we've had Garnet here at 66s. Andrew Putnam at 28s. He came off a top 10 the week before in, uh, if I remember right, uh, Canada. Yeah. Troy Merritt, 55s. Champ, 66s. Trainer, 125s. Um, you actually look at it from an OWGR perspective. The shortest, uh, the, the highest ranked player out of all of those was... Um, Chesson Hadley, who we were on that week, and he was ranked at, I think it was 92nd in the official world golf rankings. So I look at Sung Im at the moment, he's ranked 59, um, which in itself probably brings some pressure in it because I'm thinking, and I'm, I can't validate this, but if he was to win this, I would assume that he just about sneaks into the top 50 in the world. Yeah. I'm not certain about that. 
I'm not certain at all. There won't be that many points, but uh, it will certainly push him close to it, won't it? And then Johnny Vegas is at 80 in the world at the moment, and Dylan Fratelli is 91 in the world. So if any one of those three won, that, that would be, they'd be a better ranked player winning at one of these alternate events. So mm. I, I said the same thing before Puerto Rico, and Daniel Berger and Charles Schwartz were both placed. Although yeah. Berger's was he shot like 61 in the final round to jump from like 80th in the field to second. But um, I haven't done that anyway. So I've gone for a bit of value. And I couldn't resist. I've actually gone for five players. I think one of the things that I'm looking for here is, and um, this is where my rolling GIR and pattern average stats come in, driving accuracy. I'm looking for players that are hitting a decent amount of greens coming into this week. Yeah. Um, it's clearly a long golf course. Um, the weather forecast looks like it's going to be quite tranquil. So that 18 under that won last year might need to be closer to, say, 22, 23 under this year. Yeah, got to have your shooting boots on. Got to have your shooting boots on. And as Bryce Garnett said, it basically boils down to um, the amount of people that can hit monotonous amount of greens and putt well. Mm. So actually, I think ball strikers have an advantage in this around here. We're looking at Paspalum greens. So if you're looking at Paspalum other courses, clearly... Uh, Coco Beach at Puerto Rico a few weeks ago. That that works nicely, as does uh, the uh, Mayakoba Classic at El Camino. They work brilliantly from a form perspective. So, um, numbers I'm looking at, players that are on or in and around the my um, top 20 when it comes to rolling um, GIR this week. I'm also looking for players who play well at Mayakoba, Play well in Puerto Rico. Um, Garnet's also done well at Houston, where the part set of par fives at Houston are tough. Um, ideally, it, it did become clear with Garnet. He was in the top 25 at this point last season in birdie, uh, par five birdie or better. Mm. And Keith Mitchell finished second. He was in the top 12. So that's another stat I'm, I've looked at. So it's left me with five against the field this week uh, for this event. I'll go in uh, reverse order. Why not? Let's mix it up. I've gone. <laughs> this is the guy I put on a podcast a few weeks ago, and yep. um, I couldn't pronounce his name yeah, then, uh, and I can't <laughs> pronounce it now. <laughs> yeah, you haven't uh, you haven't learned what uh, the true pronunciation is yet. Um, Give it a go, yes. Steve. He's, um, it's Hank Lee Bioda. He's a Floridian. And um, I've got a feeling he's just going to go well this, this week because he keeps showing up in tournaments. He, he'll fire a very good round and then disappear. But if you actually look at Lee Bioda, um, he's got some very tasty numbers this week um, from, a, from a punter's perspective. And... He, he's the sort that might... Do you remember Trainer came in at 125 to 1 a few weeks ago? Yep. It does happen. Someone that's never contended in a, a PGA Tour event at any level all of a sudden just pops up and gets yeah, yeah. the job done. We've had a couple this year. Adam Long was another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and these second-tier events are ripe for it as well, aren't they? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Now, Leapy Oda, he's 40th in par 5 birdie or better. He's also 44th in proximity to hole. So he can get the ball nice and close. He sits in the top 10 of my rolling GIR tracker. He also sits in the top 10 of my rolling putting average tracker. The one mm. thing he cannot do is scramble. If he misses a green, he's at it. But around here, with tranquil conditions, I think you can be hitting 80, potentially mid-80% GIR if you're really on form with your approaching irons. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing the path, those two par fives as, as um, par, you know, pitch, a pitch with your third shot in as well, I could just see someone like him just popping up. And the other, the other thing with him is um, he is very, very good in this part of the world in his junior golf. So I'm seeing uh, second in Honduras, sixth in Costa Rica on the Latino America tour. He was ninth at the great Exuma and fourth at the great Abaco events last year, which they play on coastal courses in the Bahamas on Pasvillam Greens. So I thought at 100 to 1, he's worth a pump. Yeah, sounds good. He's also a fast starter. So... I would not be surprised uh, to see him potentially feature in a first-round leader market. Is there some way, Paul, that you could pull a first-round leader price out of the bag for us on Lee Oda as I go through this? Yeah, you carry on talking. You, you, you crack on with that. My um, internet seems to have gone uh, into the uh, free, free serve days from about 15 years ago. <laughs> and I'm not playing free serve prices. <laughs> right, next up from, for me this week after Libioda is DJ Trahan. I never thought I'd tip up DJ Trahan. And um, I said this to you off mic. I was playing with the predictor model yesterday and DJ Trahan just kept popping up at the top of it and I'm thinking, I've yep. got to get rid of him. Got to get rid of him. Trahan's never going to win. He won't do anything, DJ Trahan. And you just, in the end, I just thought to myself, well, this guy is absolutely popping the models yep and he's actually playing he actually ranks um, top of my ranking this week par 5 birdie or better so far this season 16th he's absolutely annihilating the par 5s he's 18th for strokes going off the tee he's, he's banging it way over 300 yards off the tee he's a big lad Trahan for a 38 mm. year old 44th for proximity to hole and he's in the top 90 for eagles per hole as well. He was the 36-hole uh, leader at Puerto Rico. He's one of these guys that's playing off a previous champion's exemption. So yeah. he only gets invited to the really poor tournaments. Mm -hmm. And to be fair to him, um, now that his back's in a good state, and he's already said that he's mentally a lot better, more positive with himself, um, he's playing some good stuff. 15th at the Barracuda, 7th at the Sanderson Farms, 18th at Pebble, 16th in Puerto Rico on his last outing. Not, that's not a bad stretch of form, whatsoever, particularly in the context of this this week's event, is it? He's got a couple of top 10 finishes, or I think it's a top 10 and a top 12 finish at the Golf Club of Houston. Mm. He's won the Bob Hope Classic in the past, if you want a pure birdie fest. And he's also got a very good record around the Country Club of Jackson. And he's, he's only played Mayakoba once and he finished in the top 14. 
So I think he's a good good shout this week. I really do. Mm. DJ Traham. Going back to your man Hank, there is um, everyone's flat on eighty to one for him first round leader. So be interesting to see where he gets or what tea time he gets later on this evening, and how that translates to the weather. Have a look at that in the morning. I think. Don't quote me, but I think um, he's placed in that market the last two tournaments he's played. He's starting very fast, which can't be a bad thing. No, and sometimes these players who, who get into that kind of rhythm um, do work it out, don't they? They work out how to stick around for for a, you know a longer period of time and uh, truly contend in these uh, these events in these weaker fields. Yeah. Uh, I need to point out you pointed out Betfair Sportsbook for um, your event. Boyle Sports, to their credit, have gone eight places each way at fifty odds for this week, and mm. I got best price on DJ Trahan. I also got best price with them on Johnson Wagner. The old Mustachio Johnson Wagner from Amarillo, Texas. Mm. He's ripe for this, I think. Eight places each way, 50 odds with ball sports. He was second in Puerto Rico. Uh, he was mid-30s at Bay Hill last time out, which isn't really his bag. Um, plays far too difficult, far too technical. Take Johnson Wagner to a birdie fest. I think uh, he could go very, very well this week. He's a winner at El Chameleon where they play the Mayakoba on Paspalum Greens. Uh, he's finished 10th at Reno Tahoe, 10th at the Barbasol, 15th at the Sardison Farms, and 2nd in Puerto Rico, uh, all across alternate events. So he takes these events seriously. He's not one of these guys that turns up and misses the cut. He sees these events as real opportunities, and I do like I like that in a player on these, you know, like mm. a JJ Henry sort yep, yep. That, that often pops up, and all lo and behold, he's got himself a two-year exemption on the PJ Tour. Oh, it's a huge opportunity for some of these guys, isn't it? Massive. So many look down their noses; they don't even bother to turn up, and those that do often can't be can't be really bothered with it. Which I mm. think it's um, that's a crazy way of thinking. Yeah, he plays out of a one twenty-six to one fifty category from last year, so again, he can't pick and choose everywhere he wants to go on his schedule, and I just think. Um, he was um, he his his CV is very 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 similar to Bryce Garnett's, mm. and three of his PGA Tour uh, three time PGA Tour champion, one of those was at the country club uh, sorry at the golf club of Houston, two of them have been by the sea, one at the Sony Open and one at the Mayakoba Classic. So I think Johnson Wagner's a really good chance this week. He also ranks number one in my rolling ten, uh, eight-week GIR tracker. You can't say fairer than that, really. No, his irons must be working very nicely at the moment, which is never, never a bad place to be for a professional golfer. Uh, two more. I'm going um, for Brian Stewart, who, again, is a Mayakoba um, and Puerto Rico um, what would the be? He's a, just a specialist. Hmm. Uh, he won at 2015 at, at the Zurich Classic New Orleans, which is a big, booming par 72. And you just get the feeling with him. He was uh, 20th at the Honda Classic and 18th last week at the Valspar. Now, in no way, shape, or form is Brian Stewart a technical golf course player. No, no. It's a, a but when the bird, when the yeah, when the birdies are flying. Um, I think he could really step up to the to the plate, and um, 
if you just read through my preview, his list of win uh, of good performances, rather top fives by the coast, are just immense. Mm. Really, really strong coastal golf course player. So I can see Brian Stewart going very well. Point each way, sixty to one with uh, seven places each way with Paddy Power, and the one at the top, who um, at the top of the market I was sweet on, was Joel da- Damon. Yeah. One and a half points each way, 40 to 1. Again, seven place each way with Paddy Power. Damon is the sort that is progressing very, very nicely, I think. And don't forget, he was 12th at the Players' Championship two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Now, for a player of his tender experience on the PGA Tour, I think you've got to be walking away from TPC Sawgrass with a, with a bit of a skip in your stride. Hmm. Um, sure enough, he was first round leader with Sepp Stracker, who's another one you might want to take into account this week. Old Sepp, the Austra- Austrian. Yeah, he's been starting very quickly of late. Bit of a ball striker, so he might go well this week. But Damon, uh, first round leader, tied with Sepp Stracker last week, and then he fell away, which is kind of what you expect. That golf course was proper tough last week. But you know, he's been f- he's second. He's finished second at the John Deere Classic last year. Uh, he went through a stretch where he was uh, one eagle and 20 birdies and 24 birdies in consecutive weeks after the John Deere Classic at the Barbasol and the RBC Canadian Open. He's one of these guys that hits um, hits his straps when his ball striking is at the, at the top of its game. Uh, I just think he's going to be very, very well suited around here. He's played here twice, uh, 11th in 2016, and he was 13th here last year. And you think to yourself, well... If Joel, Joel Damon was 13th here last year, and I, at that stage, I, I, you'd have said to me, who's Joel Damon, Stephen? I, yeah, said, yeah. I don't really know much about him. Uh, if he gets in contention this week against this level of field, I can't, I can't see Damon not hanging around to the very, very deep and darkest parts of Sunday. Yeah. He's been very popular looking at his, uh, his odds. He's been backed off the board since, uh, since you put your preview up, which... Uh, which bodes well. Obviously, he's been fancied by a number of people um, this morning. So, yeah, seems to Damon. Fit. Yeah, Damon Wagner, Brian Stewart, DJ Trahan, and Hank Lebioda. Hmm. Those are my five against the field in Puerto Rico. Uh, not Puerto Rico in uh, in the Dominican Republic for the Corrales. Right, we've got one more to go through. Yeah, the hero Indian Open on the European Tour. Indeed, the only, only player that I've backed at uh, the Corrales, by the way, is Paul Dunn. Who? Oh, you um, love him, don't you? Which, <laughs> I've been. No, no, I've, I've, with that I've been. I've been backing him relentlessly on the European Tour, and uh, he did well here last year, didn't he? he finished fifth, I think, and uh, uh, he's come back over for a bit more, a uh, bit more of the PGA Tour action, and I think he'll be highly motivated to go well this week. So, um, I thought. I had to take him at fifties just to uh, just to see how he gets on, but he clearly he's playing some decent enough stuff. He finished third at the um, Super Six, didn't he? That, a few weeks back, you can see I, him going well around here because it's got wide fairways. Yeah, I know exactly. And when and a player of his ilk is hitting short stuff, he's he can, and clearly he's a great coastal go, golf mm. course player. He uh, he had a good little run here last year, didn't he? I think he was in the top five, and then he went straight to Houston and got a top ten there as well. That's right, yeah, yeah. So and then he's more he went, than capable. Yeah, and then he went to um, uh, the Spanish Open after that and nearly won that as well. So he was in. A, you know, he clearly hit some decent form at this kind of time of the year last year. So 
yeah, I thought 50s was a was a fair price to, to take on and to see how he gets on this week. Um, in terms of the Indian Open then, um, again, due to the vagaries of the European Tour schedule, this is an odd one because the players who aren't playing this week won't have another regular European Tour event now until April the 25th. So um, some of them are going to be sitting there um, kind of scratching about for a month. Um, but then clearly the European Tour put two events on if you would class the WGC as a European Tour event this week and then then nothing next which is all a bit odd but anyway um so we've got the Indian Open the Hero Indian Open um head in the market we've got joint favorites in fact um it looks like Anibal Lahiri has just taken over uh sole favoritism at 16 to 1 there's a little bit of 18 to 1 about Jorge Campillo um, and Jazz Jane Ortonand is eighteen to one in spots as well. But that kind of sets the scene as to the uh, to the level of this particular event. Julian Suri popped back last week after some time out with his uh, with injury, twenty five to one. Shabanka Sharma is attached to this club, twenty fives. And Max Kiefer, who has been heavily backed this week, is available. At well, generally twenty twos, but there's a little bit of twenty eight to one with some of the uh, smaller bookies out there right now. Um, this is an interesting event, though I must say. Um, the DLF Golf and Country Club's Gary Player designed seventy two par seventy two, um, seven thousand three hundred seventy nine yards. And you probably remember back a couple of years ago, Steve, when they launched this event or launched this um, course on the on the European Tour, and. Um, the year that uh, SSP Chowrasia won it. And uh, all of the stats for the track were saying it was a 7,657-yard brute. So um, even with Chowrasia's fantastic Indian form, everyone just swerved him because, you know, you're looking at it and going, well, Chowrasia hits it 260 yards when the wind's behind him and it's bouncy fairways. So how's he going to get even close to a 7,600-yard track? And um, it transpired that they've got five tiered areas on on all all of the holes and they played a lot of forward tees and some and they days were playing off the ladies too <laughs> some some days the yardage um, ended up being sub seven thousand yards and, and of course uh, Chowrasia oh. won and everyone was spitting feathers after that um they've officially played it at seven three seven nine for last year and this year so that's what we're expecting although we are expecting uh, I think punters should expect for the different tees to be used quite extensively during the course of the week. So on Saturday in particular, I wouldn't be remotely surprised to see it sub 7,000 yards and stick some real forward tees there. And the reason for that is it's a really tough track. It's unique design and there's double bogeys absolutely everywhere. If you look through anyone's card um, from the last couple of seasons, the place is just littered with double bogeys. It's one of those tracks. Um, so you need to have a very patient kind of um, attitude to the game. Um, you've got two nines with this, the lake nine, so you've got a lot of water trouble, the quarry nine, where you, uh, you're going to have different kinds of trouble if you're swaying off the, uh, or veering off the uh, straight and narrow. But um, it's the kind of track that uh, you are going to have to try and grind your way around. So there are only 15 players who managed to shoot under par last year. Matt Wallace won at 11 under. Um, the year before, Chowrasia won at 10 under, and there were only eight players that year who managed to finish under par, and Chowrasia won by seven shots, I think he absolutely uh, lapped the field. So um, I think you're looking for players who have that kind of mental disposition to um, 
to be able to grind when it's tough to do so um, and to you know, shrug off these adversities. If you make a double, then it's not the end of the world. Everyone's going to be making doubles. You just get yourself to the next tee and, and, and carry on playing. The players who can't handle that are the ones who will make a string of doubles and trebles and will just be going home early. So mm. um, it's, it's a lot about the mental attitude towards this particular this particular event again, it, it makes quite interesting viewing, if not frustrating. If you're watching a player who's, uh, you know, who's uh, making uh, making a lot of uh, <laughs> bad scores, but not necessarily particularly bad shots. But hey ho, um, the top three last year were all debutants on the course. So digging into the um, into the course history um, for what it's worth um, isn't going to really help you massively. I think a better fit for this is trying to dig out some of the um, cool, some of the history the players have got on some of the tougher tracks around the European Tour circuit. So, um, Valderrama is another one that's quite, you know, it, it does play very tough. Um, the Open de France could be one that plays tough. Some of the old Spanish Open tracks play particularly tough. See, so you'll find some players pop up on a number of those leaderboards quite, uh, quite regularly. And uh, they're the, uh, the kind of player that can potentially get themselves around here. Uh, notwithstanding that it's in India rather than um, Spain or you know one of these other countries where it's uh, you know the conditions are going to be a bit different. Um, I've gone with four for this particular event. Um, headlined by Mikko Kohonen, uh, the Finn. He kind of fits with the price um, uh, target for this. So the last two years, uh, Matt Wallace was sixty-six. Big price for Matt Wallace last year, sixty-six to one. Mm. Um, and. Chow Rager was 80 to 1 the year before. So none of these um, short price favourites have got over the line the last couple of years it's been played here. So 55 to 1 for Cajonan felt quite good. Um, he won the Shot Clock Masters last year when we were on board. And it feels to me that the demands are not dissimilar to that track in Austria where you need to be hitting a lot of greens in regulation, otherwise you're going to be making a lot of bogeys. Um, and greens in regulation is absolutely what Cajonan's been doing um, in his last cut made which is in Qatar where he led the field for for GIR 87.5% that's a huge number 87.5% um, hasn't played this track but he's played the previous layout at Delhi which um, was a shorter far um, tighter track than this and um, he finished 24th and 43rd there so he's got a little bit of form and I think actually this layout here suits him far better um, and it's particularly if you dig through some of the colliery um, form that I can see with him. So he finished second to Matt Wallace, who clearly won here last year at the BMW International Open last year. Third in Valderrama last year as well. Again, talking about tough tracks. Beef Johnson, who was the um, playoff loser with Matt Wallace here last year, has previously won a Valderrama as well. So there's a couple of um, kind of direct course and form lines I think you can draw between Cajonan and, um, and some of the players who've done better here um, and his best passing performance in this year came in Dubai on the, on the Bermuda, Bermuda grass greens over there as well so I think there's a, a lot to like about Cajonan at 55 to 1 uh, Paul yeah, Peterson that, that, that result at um, Valderrama last year jumps off the page didn't it? third there last year yeah, absolutely. Um, Paul Peterson, 66-1. to one. He won the Czech Masters in 2016. When we didn't know much about him, actually. Remember, he held off Thomas Peters back then, who was massively fancied to win that event. Um, and 
everyone started scrambling around looking for his to see if they can find some reason as to why he won it. But there have been some decent snippets of form on the Asian tour before that. Um, he seems this kind of player who goes right off the boil and then finds something in his game and starts coming back to form again. Um, see, after that win, he did nothing. Um, then he got six top ten, oh, six top eight finishes on the Asian tour, some of the lesser tours um, at the start of last year. Won the Myanmar Open and then gone completely quiet again until recently, where he was thirteenth in uh, New Zealand on his penultimate start, start and thirtieth last week. Um, but he's fourth down into the weekend, so I think there's you know there's some snippets of form coming about. Um, from Peterson and if you dig into his course form as well he was 6th going into the weekend here in 2017 he was ninth going into the Sunday here last year so he's been in two strong positions on this track and I think he's got the right kind of mentality to um, to deal with the toughness and the adversity that you can potentially get on this particular course and then I think it would be remiss of me not to listen, not to look at least at some of the local players. And for me, Lahiri was too short. Um, Sharma hasn't really showed a massive amount, and uh, he's uh, he's twenty five to one or thereabouts. Um, Bula, Bula, yeah, I I think you're going to need an element of control here. And when Bula's playing his best, he ha he's very, very good from off the tee. But it's actually been his putter that's been keeping him going over the last few weeks. And, yeah. you know, if he, if he changes that, and if he, you know, he, he can come here with, you know, a lot of control from tee to green, he could go particularly well, because he has been putting uh, really, really well. But, um, but yeah, it just didn't quite fit for me. Chow Rays, you never quite know, you know, in his homeland, he can be absolutely outstanding, but his form's been pretty poor late but again he's been backed in people are looking at the uh, the event history and putting two and two together and and coming up with uh, SSP Chow Asia which I, I guess if, if you fancy that ang oh, angle yeah Chipatsia um, Chipatsia yes sorry Chipatsia yeah he's, he's called Patsia when, uh, when I back him generally yeah 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 <laughs> um, Couple of um, couple of Indian players I've gone for then uh, Rashid Khan, one hundred twenty five to one, who's um, one of these young up and coming uh, Indian stars. He, he won t uh, four times actually on the PGTI and two times on the Asian Tour before he was even twenty four. So he, at that point in time, he looked like he was one of these real up and coming stars. And then, kind of, as you often see with these youngsters, you know, Tom Lewis is similar. They they just had this kind of very early slump in their career, and he very nearly dropped out of the top thousands in the OWGR. Is that slump was that bad? Um, but he started to fight his way back, and this year he's been uh, been different gravy really over in the on the Indian tour. Um, eighth at the Golconda Masters, he won the Chittagong event. He was third at the Bengal Open on his last start, and in that. Um, in his last two events, his last eight rounds, he shot 65 or better in four of those eight rounds. So he's absolutely hitting his straps at the moment. Now, um, he hasn't done a particular much on this track itself, but bear in mind those last two years have been when he's generally been playing some pretty poor golf. If you go back to when he was playing well, as a youngster, he finished fourth and sixth in his home Indian Open um, back when he was yeah. back when he was younger. And I think his form right now suggests that he's well capable of uh, placing or potentially better um, here this week. Okay. So, 
I thought 125 to 1 was worth taking on. Mm. And as a far longer price, I've gone for Karandeep Kokar at 300 to 1. Who um, I must admit, I didn't know much about until I started researching no, him for this week. <laughs> started researching for him this week. But um, he's a 19 year old lad. He's, um, he's mixing his, um, his golf with studying for a law degree. So he's, uh, you know, he's got his head. To, Firmly on his shoulders, I think. But from twelve starts on the Asian tour, the PGTI, where there's been OWGR points attributed to it, he's finished sixteenth or better in half of them. He finished second in the Panasonic Open behind uh, Shiv Kapoor last year, which is a good bit of form. It was alongside the likes of uh, Chow Rasia, who who finished second alongside him. So rubbing shoulders with some decent players. Um, missed out on a playoff um, to Chikorangapa. At G. Milka Singh's event at the back end of last year. And in recent weeks, he's finished fourth and third on the PGTI. I think this guy is a real up and coming talent. I think he's going to be one that we kind of look at in years to come um, and class him along the lines of this, you know, an Anaban Lahiri or a, 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 a Blah or, you know, a Chowraja, a kind of player who can perform well, not just in the PGTI, but in the European Tour and beyond. So, one to keep an eye on, but um, while he's still relatively unexposed, I thought three hundred to one punt about him having a decent week was uh, was worth taking on just to see how he got on. But uh, yeah, I must admit, other than <laughs> prior to that, I knew very little indeed about Mister Karandeep Cocker, if that's how you pronounce his name. Why did they make this golf course so tough? <laughs> <laughs> they, should, they could host they could host the U.S. Open here. I know it's in India. Yeah, I the um, I don't think the players would like it because it it's so tough. It almost verges on unfair, and sometimes and you know some good shots will hit a runoff area, and it will be, you know, from what could have been a decent birdie chance to an almost auto double bogey. It's not even auto bogeys here; it's auto double bogeys in some of them. So, um, yeah, you you got to have your wits about you, but if a methodical player who can hit lots of fairways, hit lots of greens, can contend here. A player who has an absolute stellar game around the greens for the week can equally contend. So um, you could well see a mix of players who are in the uh, in the latter positions at the uh, as we hit into Sunday. But so we shall see. Looking forward to both events actually. It's a feast of golf this week, an absolute Indeed. feast. Thank you for your, thank you for your time, Paul. No, and yourself. Best of luck this week. I'll do my best. Right. That's us for the week. Uh, next week is the week before the Masters. So we will be at... Oh, they've got to change. It's TPC San Antonio for the Valero Texas Open. If I was listening to you, you haven't got a tour on the European Tour, no? No, no, no. no. So next one um, that I'll be covering will be the... Um, First round leaders for the uh, for the Masters in a couple of weeks' time, which I'm exactly. very much looking forward to. Very much so. Thanks for your time, and thanks to you listeners. We will be back again next week. Goodbye.